Welcome to Living Water Radio. There is so much that is pulling us apart in our country. The church is no different, except that we are. What is the glue that holds us together when everything seems to be flying apart? Today we will find out. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 114 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. The coronavirus vaccines are rolling out and building momentum as more and more people are being declared eligible. I spoke with Dean George Pindua, assistant to the Bishop of the Morogoro Diocese of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Tanzania last week. He said that they were still experiencing hospitalizations and deaths, and people were being encouraged to do all the things we are being encouraged to do to lower the curve and get the economy back on track. I read an article a week or so ago on why poorer countries are doing better than richer countries in terms of hospitalizations and deaths during this pandemic. The first reason is our excellent health care. The irony is that we in richer countries live longer, into our elderhood, and the virus affects and kills older people at a higher rate than younger people. The second reason is that we tend to concentrate older people in retirement homes and convalescent centers. Those are not options in poorer countries, either by desire or by necessity. So when an older person in the richer countries gets the virus, they are often living in a community filled with a vulnerable population, and the virus spreads through it easily. We are divided from one another in many ways, and just one of them is by age. What holds us together when there are so many things that drive us apart? What holds the Christian church together when we seem to be losing the glue that binds us together? What holds us together when there is no obvious source of major persecution of Christians, a them-versus-us identity? What holds us together when the traditional glue is disintegrating, when there are no cultural ties, no common nationality, no common language, no regional identity? Some groups, especially newer immigrants, are still bound by many, if not most, of those today— Even those who are new to America are challenged with keeping the next generations bound together in a cohesive community, including in their local Christian communities, when language and culture are in decline. The next generation, particularly the youth, often want to be American, as America is in its contemporary state. In America, there is opportunity for a better life. That's why people are literally dying to get here. This is a place where the rich get richer and the poor get, well, richer. It also involves a desire to speak the new language, adopt the values of our youth culture, to be individualistic, economically success-oriented, driven by celebrities, materialistic in philosophy, secular, and filled with the near-universal affirmation of whatever you personally think makes you happy. Everything that the old world was not or was, but in America, is on steroids. 
It's been said that the third generation tries to remember what the second generation tries to forget. Often they can only try. My grandparents on both sides were second-generation immigrants. Their parents had settled in Wisconsin, where the weather was similar to that in Norway, and fertile land was available and cheap in the 1880s when they arrived. My grandmother told me that she remembers when they chopped up the old cherrywood furniture and used it for firewood, because nobody wanted the old wooden stuff. They wanted the modern plastic kind. She remembered when they switched to English, but she thought that even though her mother spoke English, that she always prayed in Norwegian, because she didn't think that God understood the new language as well as he knew Norwegian. That is a very common immigrant experience. More recent immigrant communities are experiencing the same things. What do we do when those common bonds no longer tie? In the Christian church, we get serious about our identity and where we belong and why. Peter writes in his first letter, the second chapter starting at the ninth verse, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that though they malign you as evildoers, they may see your honorable deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The cultural clothing in which it comes is what Martin Luther described with a Greek word, adiaphora, important but not necessary. The Holy Spirit is the gorilla glue that holds us together because it does not depend upon us. It's not like the cultural ties that can be lost, because even when we lose it, we still have it. We have it not because we are steadfast in our faith, but because God is steadfast in God's unearned love. The Holy Spirit is steadfast because it is God at work for good in the world, the third person of the one true living God. The Holy Spirit is always at work, even though we don't deserve it. That's grace. That's the point. We need a Savior, and we have one in Jesus Christ, who was fully human and fully God, the second person of the Trinity, the one true living God. We are sinners, yet God makes us God's saints through the gift of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. That is God's grace in action. We saw it most clearly when Jesus died on the cross. We speak of unconditional love too easily, I think. The unconditional love with which God loves us is not that of an indulgent grandparent or that of one who is shy about judgment. God accepts us as we are, but God never leaves us as we are. God transforms us. Faith means that we have been given a living relationship with the one true living God. That means we are changed. We are a new creation. We are born again. Faith is transformational, always. The streams of living water that the Bible uses as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit pushes and transforms us and the whole Christian church. In 16th century reformer Martin Luther's small catechism, a pamphlet that he wrote for parents to teach their children the basics of the Christian faith and 
also for priests who needed to review them, and which we use with confirmation class students today, and which Luther read every day. You can buy a print copy online, but I'll put a link to a free digital copy in the comments slash more info section below. In the part describing the third article of the Apostles' Creed, the part that deals with the Holy Spirit, he writes, I believe that by my own understanding or strength, I cannot believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But instead, the Holy Spirit has called me through the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, made me holy, and kept me in the true faith. Just as he calls, gathers, enlightens, and makes holy the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one common true faith. Daily in this Christian church, the Holy Spirit abundantly forgives all sins, mine and those of all believers. On the last day, the Holy Spirit will raise me and all the dead, and will give to me and all believers in Christ eternal life. This is most certainly true. This is an expression of the Holy Spirit. This is the glue that holds us together. Why have most churches lost their unity and their power? What have we lost? Our confidence, our mojo, our groove? We haven't lost the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is still at work among us, but at least our awareness of it seems to have been grossly diminished. We lost our sense of identity because we have looked away from God's transformational power, the glue that holds us together, because we have looked to ourselves and to our place in the world instead. We don't hear the music of God because we're tuned into the wrong channel. We have moved away. We have burned the cherry wood because we wanted the modern plastic. Today is International Women's Day. And I'd like to close with a story about just two of the women with whom Jesus had regular interactions, Mary and Martha. In the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, starting at the 38th verse. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so he came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. What is the better part now? the ongoing presence of God in the world. It is the Holy Spirit. We still have many distractions, but there is need of only one thing. The glue that holds us together is that God will never leave us. Let us open our hearts, our true selves, to the presence of the Holy Spirit, the streams of living water, and live and act in the Holy Spirit for the sake of all the people in God's world and for those in the world but not of the world in God's church, by the Holy Spirit's transforming power. Today, let's remember to pray that we may be God's instruments to do God's will in all things. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses, and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. 
As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with the living God for which we were created. Remember your church? Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it or contact the pastor. When you have a church, Go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody or encourage your loved one to call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.